Welcome to Econa Day Unplugged. It is Tuesday, September 26, 2017. With me today are Jeremy Hawkins in London and Mark Pender in the U.S. I'm Ann Picker, Econa Day's Chief Economist. Jeremy, will the German election results surprised a bit, didn't they? Angela Merkel won another term, but not with the majority expected. That's right. It's very much a case of sort of politics dominating trading in Europe at the moment, and, and really followed by sizable question marks, as you as you said. Um, as you mentioned, Angela Merkel then looks as she's set for a fourth term as Chancellor, but with the least number of votes for her particular grouping, what about 33% since 1949? Now, the main opposition party, which had also been participating in the so-called Grand Coalition, as we still stand at the moment, of the Social Democrats, they performed even worse to the extent that they've indicated they're not prepared to continue with the Grand Coalition, even though it also appears that Merkel wants that particular route if she can still save it as, as we speak. So what does it mean? Well, it means that it's going to be a bit of a mishmash in terms of uh, the way German politics go forward. Certainly, it's, uh, it's an end to the ge- traditional German model of consensus politics, and we're probably going to see some kind of you know, free uh, coalition involving um, the current Merkel government with the Free Democrats, and the Greens and that's going to cause problems because there are some significant differences over policy regarding a number of issues particularly as far as the Free Democrats and the Greens are concerned and indeed just the overall shape of the government itself we know that the Free Democrats were asking before the election took place that they want to take control of the finance ministry they may not get that but there were they too then it's worth bearing in mind that the FDP are, are really quite hard line when it comes to fiscal rules and they're certainly very much anti-EU bailouts. They also favour a a Europe of different speed. So what does it mean for the overall integration process? Well, at this stage, and and clearly these talks are going to take probably months before we know what the final shape of the government looks like, but it really does seem as if it's going to slow the integration process down directly just because of the shape of the new government itself, but also because of the fact that Merkel and co performed so badly that it's really going to force this new government to focus much more directly upon domestic developments. So I think we've seen the euro come off quite significantly on the back of Sunday's election results. And that's just a case of seeing what the final coalition looks like and just how it's going to be able to implement policy as we go forward. Um, away from that, politics have also been dominating uh, the UK picture. Uh, Theresa May, the Prime Minister's speech in Florence last Friday, was supposed to be one of the big speeches as far as Brexit concerns, where you know, she really outlines in some detail what the UK government plans are all about. But in practice, we had, well, okay, fair enough, we did have a much more conciliatory um, address, but it contained plenty of ideals. But at the end of the day, just a basically a wish UK wish list. And again, it was lacking any particular details on, on what sort of issues that the EU negotiators want. So as we stand, uh, you know, the reply coming out of the EU Council itself is that it hasn't given enough you know, of the details that they really want to see. Um, so Brexit then still a big issue for the pound and that's tend to be weighing on it a little bit. Um, so politics very much a mishmash all over Europe at the moment. Um, 
for those people who are still able to look at the economics, it should be said that in terms of the eurozone, the flash PMIs last week uh, were very positive again, multi-year highs out of, well, the headline numbers and also for the core countries as well. So all eyes there still focused on October the 26th ECB meeting when we should get this so-called recalibration of policy. And also out of the UK as well, um, we had surprisingly strong retail sales last week, um, which are kind of doubly important at the moment after the recent hints from the Bank of England that were we to see a strong recovery in domestic demand, then that would increase the chances of a rate hike. With regards to that, we'll get on Wednesday the CBI's latest distributive trade survey. Were we to see that paint a strong picture of consumer spending as well, then very much market's going to think about November um, as potentially the, the time when we see UK bank rate going up. And that, at least in the near term, should provide some kind of underpinning for the pound. Jeremy, I have a question, Smart. Yeah. Um, so is this pulling uh, Merkel left, This uh, and she really needs to kind of move right? Am I catching the drift? Well, it's kind of a fudge middle ground. If you take, you know, strictly speaking, the left, um, at least in, in, in the shape of the old SPD anyway, and, you know, they got absolutely hammered in this election. Um, so it's a kind of it's a mixed central ground at the moment uh, with no, what it comes down to again, I suppose, if you like, is some kind of you know, a disinterested protest vote, a bit like we saw in the UK in the last election concerning the UK Brexit issues as well. But it means that we're going to end up the disparate sort of set of parties working together to trying to agree what the focus of policy is going to look like going forward. So I don't think it'll be particularly left in the sense that the FDP, which which have supported uh, Merkel, at least the, the CSU government in the CDU, CSU government in the past, they're actually relatively you know, right of centre. As you mentioned, they're very hard on austerity issues and fiscal policy and so on. So we're not going to see any left uh, policy um, issues coming from their side. But then when we get, if we get the Greens in as well, you know, very much yeah, increase, enthusiastic towards addressing green issues. So it's, it's a right political mishmash. Thank you, Jeremy. Uh, Germany's election was not the only one last weekend. There was also an election in New Zealand. And uh, the provisional results give the National Party, which is currently in power uh, and has has had the centrist government since 2008, uh, came up with 58 seats in a 120-seat parliament. Well, the left center Labour Party garnered 45 seats. That means that there was no absolute majority, and they will also need a coalition in order to bring a government to four. Uh, interestingly, the Labour Party has refused to concede the election to the nationals. So you have both parties trying to set up a government as we speak. And there's one party called the New Zealand First, which won nine seats, uh, and the Green Party that won seven seats that will hold the balance of power. And the leader of the First New Zealand said that that said on Saturday, the day of the election, that a decision will be made well before October 12th. The date. Final election writs are required to be received by the governor general. So if that's the precedent following that happened in a similar case 12 years ago. 
Also, if that wasn't enough, uh, and just when we thought we had enough germ election worries in Germany and New Zealand, Shinzo Abe in Japan has called a snap election for October as the Prime Minister seeks to secure power to the 2020 Tokyo Olympics and beyond. Mr. Abe said he would dissolve Parliament on September 28th, that's this Thursday, and go to the public. He said the security threat from North Korea could not be allowed to prevent a democratic election. The SNAP election will be held on October 22nd, and the election essentially will decide whether Japan continues with its stimulus, stimulative economic policies and whether Mr. Abe has the political strength to revise Japan's pacifist constitution. He starts with a massive opinion poll lead, but the election is full of risks, with the Tokyo governor declaring she will lead a new party called Party of Hope in opposition to the prime minister. Mr. Abe said he would raise the consumption tax from 8 to 10% in 2019, as planned, but redirect part of the revenue to provide free childcare for three to five-year-olds. Um, as we all know, new parties can are fraught with terrible <laughs> consequences, given the history of the past year. Mark, what's new in the United States besides a lot of Fed speakers this week? Well, we do have a lot of Fed speakers, and they will, uh, and including Janet uh, Yellen uh, later today. Today is uh, Tuesday, September twenty-sixth. Um, whether there is any loose ends, I'm not so sure that uh, uh, Yellen has to uh, cover. I think um, right now what's in play is um, uh, with the beginning of uh, unwinding um, was established uh, as expected. But now we have the question of whether or not we're going to get a December uh, rate hike. So we're back to the old traditional rate hike, um, rate concerns. And that is uh, still pretty much up in the air. Um, the inflation picture has improved. Uh, it's very interesting, such a small little movement in the uh, core uh, CPI um, uh, from a, a one-tenth gain to a two-tenth gain has really uh, changed the outlook. We're going to get the core uh, PCE index on a Friday. That's the Fed's own uh, calculation of, of inflation. It moves in it, it, it moves in line with the CPI, though to a to a lesser though it's a more subdued. Um, yet it's the direction that counts. I think it's still up in the air. Uh, what we're getting now are hurricane effects in the data. We housing. Uh, we had uh, new home sales uh, today. Last week we had existing home sales and housing starts and housing completions, and they all showed. Uh, negative effects from uh, the south, and uh, and this is uh, related to Hurricane Harvey. The playout for Hurricane Irma, which swamped uh, Florida, still has to uh, appear. Uh, we're seeing a little bit of that in uh, some non-housing data, some leading data, consumer confidence data. Also, this morning out showed uh, particu particular. Um, weakness in the South, though overall the readings in consumer confidence are unusually strong. Interesting here in the consumer confidence report is that we had a very confident uh, assessment 
uh, of the current labor market, which points to strength for the September employment report next week. And that really is uh, completely uncertain. Uh, if you look back at the different hurricanes over the years, um, most of them don't have a significant effect on actual employment, uh, actual payrolls, although Katrina had a devastating effect on payrolls. So um, we don't really know what uh, what uh, uh, Harvey and Irma are going to have. And remember, Harvey wasn't part of the August employment report because the employment report was is sampled at mid-month and Harvey hit it a month then. So you're going to get a double, a double effect of these hurricanes. Fortunately, the a Bureau of Labor Statistics, unlike some of the other government um, uh, data uh, agencies, goes out of its way to explain um, uh, special one-time uh, effects and really does try to, to, to sort things out. And so, but that's going to be completely up in the air. But the other side to that is no matter how up in the air it is, and even if there is a surprise decline, it will be considered to be a temporary one. And, and uh, unless it's really enormous, it won't kind of derail the expectations for um, a December rate hike, which are, uh, you know, it's like 60-70%, I think, is what people are looking for uh, and that rate hike. And that's um, based on inflation. And of course, we're getting uh, a price effects now from gasoline. It was also evident in the consumer confidence report, which also has a, uh, an inflation expectation component and that shot up higher uh, consumers are very sensitive when it comes to gas prices and their overall judgment of, of inflation so I think that's where we stand now I think if we can just turn very quickly to Washington we had the uh, failure to repeal Obamacare and tax cuts were kind of tied to that uh, uh, the, ne the necessity to uh, to um, drive out some uh, extra revenue push out some extra revenue. Now, that's not going to happen. So we are going to get a year-end uncertainty. It looks like we're not going to get any um, any stimulus or uh, tax cuts are, 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 are at risk, which then will play to a government shutdown. And, and that has now been pushed, of course, to December. And that could be yet another uh, factor in a December rate hike. So it's pretty uncertain here. But uh, overall... Uh, I have to say that the um, the consumer economy here, based on um, uh, strength and demand for labor, also um, underlying demand uh, for housing, and of course appreciation in the stock market, I think the, the consumer economy uh, the consumer economy here is a very solid. Thank you, Mark. On that upbeat, I think we'll call it a day.